and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I am here with my co-host and husband Jeremy and today we are talking to Jordan. If the last couple of years told us something, it's that mental health affects all of us. In this episode, Jordan opens up about his mental health challenges he's been facing recently. A few years ago, Jordan started to hear voices in his head and he was diagnosed with first-stage psychosis. He tells us how this event affected him and turned his life upside down. Mental health is still quite of a taboo in our society, but it affects all of us at some point in our life. And when we go through rough time, we often feel alone, which is why sharing stories like Jordan's is very important. Little trigger warning before we start, we discuss uh, suicidal feelings in the episode. Hi Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for taking the time to record this episode with us. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, I started to follow you on LinkedIn, I would say a few months ago. And one of your posts especially came on my feed uh, when you were talking about two things. You're talking about your business and your journey as an entrepreneur, but also about your mental health challenges. And I thought that was very brave honestly and i really want to acknowledge you from that because sharing publicly on a platform when you have i don't know you know a lot of followers and stuff like that about personal struggles uh it's it's not easy i think it takes courage and also a lot of vulnerability to be able to put yourself out there and saying this is me this is who i am you know with the ups and the downs and and i thought that was amazing and that's why i started to follow you and 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 then I've been really enjoying your posts because it's interesting how you share all the bits about you in terms of being an entrepreneur, being a web designer and business content, you know, as you would expect on the platform, but also talking about the challenges of being an entrepreneur and the challenging that you're facing in your personal life and stuff like that. So yeah, that, that's why I wanted to have you on the show because I think you're bringing a very nice touch that I truly appreciate and I would like to see more of that so yeah that's why thank you and I'm pretty honoured and humbled to be on my first podcast and talk about LinkedIn life just anything that comes to fancy <laughs> so I guess my first question uh, would be maybe more like on the personal side before we touch on the business professional side of things is, um, you know, mental health is still sort of a taboo in a society. I feel people don't speak that much about it when we, it's interesting because when we have, you know, a broken arm or whatever, we are not scared to post on Instagram or LinkedIn about it saying, Oh, I broke my arm and I'm going to the doctor and I'm getting surgery or whatever, whatever. But when we have mental health challenges, we tend to keep that for ourselves in general. And I wonder if what motivated you to start sharing on the platform about it? Is it because is, is it like an open topic for you based on your education? Or I don't know, like, can you tell us a little bit about where is that coming from? Well, I felt that not enough people were really talking about it in a genuine way with mental health. Of course, you've got mental health awareness days and months and the odd post here and there about what you can do for employee mental health. But when it came to actually talking about how it affects you on a personal level, I didn't really see them that much. And especially with the mental health condition I had, well, still have, um, is very isolating. So I thought, um, why not? I might as well post this out, get it out to the world and see where it goes from there. And with my story on LinkedIn, um, I was very happy in the fact that other people reached out to me and they said, I saw your post and I actually can share it with other people now. I can share my own difficulties with mental health. It makes me feel better about myself. So that's something that I said would say really helped in that um retrospect so yeah so could you tell us a little bit more about the mental health condition you just mentioned sure so in 2018 or summer 2018 i was diagnosed with something called 
first stage psychosis and not too many people know about it. But the best way I can describe it is that first stage psychosis affects your perception of reality. So you could hear things that aren't there, you could see mm -hmm. things that aren't there. And similar to schizophrenia, it's mm -hmm. very, uh, it can be very debilitating in that mm -hmm. sense. Um, when I first was diagnosed with the condition, it was one of the scariest and it was just a terrible experience Irish Norman would have to go through. But um, I'm now 23 and it's now 2022. It's taken me four years to start to have a full recovery. Um, and like when you when you were diagnosed in 2018, uh, was that following like a tragic event that I don't know triggered the, the condition or is it something you've always been living with but you didn't have a name to, like to, to a label on it? I would say it's mostly from a trivial of stress. Beforehand, it, my life was the polar opposite. I was working in a job I really liked. Uh, I was earning decent money for my age. Um, I was studying for my CIM qualification, which is this kind of prestigious marketing qualification, if you've heard about it in the UK, that we can take. Uh, so my life was really good, but I was under a, a ton of stress. So um, I had stress from doing my exam. My home life wasn't good because there's still arguing and noise. Um, then I was also dealing with past trauma and um, abuse that happened to me when I was a kid. And this all compounded. And I remember waking up one day at 4.30 a.m. I don't know why I remember the exact time, but I remember waking up at the time and hearing this very strange voice in my head. And I just knew something was wrong. And how did you react to it in the first place? You know, did you straight away decide to, I don't know, like go to see a doctor to talk about it? Or, or, or did you feel more like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going through a burnout and I just have to wait a little bit and it's going to pass. Like, what was your reaction to it? Because it must be very confusing, I'm assuming. My reaction was probably the second one. So I just assumed, oh, you know, it's just a burnout. It's nothing serious, you know. Mm. I was kind of hesitant to admit I had something wrong with me. I was actually more kind of um, in denial as well uh, mm. because everything before that point was going so well. And I was doing so many ha good habits for myself and I was on the right track. It kind of confused me. But uh, I remember going to work and my manager, who sits on the table pretty much opposite to me so we can see each other working, he looks at me and he says, Jordan, are you okay? You look very pale. And I said, no, no, I'm okay. I'm just, I just need some water. If I get water, then I can still hear these voices and all of this crazy stuff still happening in my head. And um, I remember him talking to me with genuine concern saying, okay, you need to go home, something's not right. And that's the first time someone said that to me while I was working. So mm. um, I think after that point, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Right. And how challenging and I mean, assuming it was challenging, but how difficult was it to go through the process of figuring out what was happening, uh, understanding the, the condition and and stuff like that? Like, how, how long did that take and what was the process about it? So the whole process kind of happened by accident because um, I remember staying home for a month because I was given a month's annual leave to try and sort out my mental health. So I was thinking, oh, okay, this should be okay. I'll just play video games, binge Netflix, you know, the casual stuff people do. Yeah. But um, because it was a constant daily battle with me and my mind, I just couldn't relax. I couldn't 
Uh, I remember being scared to use the bathroom because of how intense it was. And it got to the stage where one of my mom's friends, um, who I knew by accident, she had connections with uh, the NHS mental health team in Shropshire. Mm. And I um, went to her and said, okay, I don't know what's wrong, but I need to uh, self-refer myself. So it got to the stage where I self-referred to a mental hospital, went to the mental hospital, and then they gave me the diagnosis from there. If, if any time you don't feel comfortable answering a question, by the way, like, feel free to tell me, okay? Um, okay. But uh, can you try to explain to us, like, what was going through your mind and, and, and you know, what was... I don't know, this voice and this, like you said, like, like a different sense of reality. Like how, like, can you tell us, like, give us some example of what was happening and, and those conversations you were having? Um, sure. So the voice is, it started as a narrator. And a lot of people with the condition also talk about this. So you have like a narration voice that basically talks about, everything you do so if I pick up a pen we're like oh okay Jordan picked up a pen and you kind of brush off for the first few hours because you think okay this is kind of funny why do I have this voice narrating everything about me <laughs> but it gets it starts to get annoying where it's everything and it starts to for me transform from narration to just pure insults so we all have the inner critic and either can berate us or pushes forward but my mm. kind of inner critic transformed into this horrible just boy in a sense where it was like okay you're stupid i'm not stupid yes you are you are stupid you're fat you're mm. ugly mm. you're whatever insult and yeah. that's just kind of on the surface level it got really bad when the weeks commenced but um my relationship with the voices deteriorated very fast and it made me appreciate how fragile the human mind really is. Mm. Yeah. And how did that affect your relationship with other people? Were you, were you like, I don't know, staying on your own and isolating yourself because of what was happening? Or did you have a good support system around you to help you go through that? Um, so I would just isolate myself because, um, when the days passed as well, I thought other people could talk to me in my mind. So when, I, when I'd go outside, I thought other people were controlling the voices somehow, or they were the voices mm. and it just made me shut off a lot of people and just be very closed off to the point where I was afraid of going outside or just stay inside. So how we had the COVID lockdowns, um, you could say that was pretty much me for a long time. Yeah. And on, on one of your uh, LinkedIn posts, I remember reading that at some point, I think it was in 2018, you, you even thought, and I think even tried maybe to take your own life, right? Because you're so feeling bad like can you tell us a little about about this episode if you if you okay with it yeah so um i remember trying to well commit suicide around six times luckily i failed every time but it was so difficult because i was like okay if all these voices are saying all these bad things about me and if my life is just gonna like be like this, I'm okay just ending it. And my mm. um, mentality was kind of very, um, you know, I've kind of moved my best life, I don't care anymore. Which, is, mm. which, which isn't like the best mentality to have because life is so mm. precious and you never know what's gonna happen next. But not everyone sees it like that. So, I remember one attempt, which scares me the most, where I was in the mental hospital and how you have trousers. I tried to strangle myself with um, the trouser legs 
and then trying to suffocate myself. Luckily, there's staff there that stopped me, but um, I just felt so helpless about the situation. I just wanted it to end. And then in terms of um, recovery or receiving help, did you, are you on medication? Is it more kind of speech, you know, talking help and psychologists and that kind of thing that helps? What kind of help have you been getting over the past four years? I'm lucky because I've received tremendous help from the Shropshire uh, intervention team and also the crisis team. And um, I'm still on medication now. But um, I received mm -hmm. medication. I obviously received help in the mental hospital. I was also assigned a support mm -hmm. worker to just talk about things and okay. say, you know, you're not alone and we can get through this. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting what you just said about not being alone because I, I mean, from my understanding and what you say, you know, you're, you're isolating yourself. And I think more like generally speaking, when as human being we go through a rough patch and like a difficult time any any sort of challenge we tend usually to feel very lonely to feel like why is it happening to me and 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 it's very hard in some situations to realize and and see that there are other people out there going through the same things because also it's not talked about enough <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. that's why we would like to do that um so I, I i like i guess understanding that you were not alone in this situation and you had a support system around you must have been feeling really good no like emotionally speaking yeah um i wasn't used to it in mm. a good way though it's like it helped me get me uh to get me back on my feet and realize that there are good people out there it's not just me fighting myself and there is as cheesy as it says they always say this but it does get better yeah. it's it's true because i never used to breathe it but it is true yeah and then i'm curious so you said you're still on medication now so have the voices stopped or is it just that there's less or they're nicer or how does how does that how does that process work now? Like, how has it changed now? So I'm still in contact with support teams, mm -hmm. but um, I'm pretty much stable now. I might have the odd voice here and there, but it's been um, more than a year now since I've really heard anything. Mm -hmm. So um, the medication is just there just to make sure everything's just stays stable and fine. Um, right. So... So, so all this this burnout episode and 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 the condition started in 2018. How long did it take from that to, for lack of a better word, uh, go back to a normal routine and 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 get back into your life? How long did it take, especially with COVID in the middle? That must have been complicated. But I would say around a year, year, year mm. and a half. So um, it was a long, painful <laughs> journey, but it's something I knew I needed to take to just recreate my life, pretty much. It's, it's like you said also, it's when you are, when you're going through it at the moment, when you're in this dark place, uh, and especially if it's lasting more than a year, I mean, it's, it's one year when you're not feeling well, it's, it's a very long time. Uh, it's very hard to realize and to get the awareness that things are going to get better. Like it's, it's always easier to look at it after. And, and once you've done the work, you can see that things can get better. But when you are, when your vision is closed and when you're into it, it's really, really hard to imagine any, I guess, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. A hundred percent. So. When you, so in 20, then 19, 20, 20, when you're exiting, getting out of this very hard episode, uh, what did you decide in terms of your life? Because if life was, I mean, it's interesting, you're doing great, but life was very stressful. Uh, what 
changes did you decide to implement in your life not to get back into this you know very stressful and anxious situation um so one change that i studied today is a gratefulness to diary and i think mm. um apparently barack obama um a few other world leaders and other people do this where they break out a diary and they write down five things that they're grateful for each day And it could be something very simple like seeing the sunset or um, being able to read or just having clean water or medicine. Or, it could be anything. It just makes you appreciate the smaller things in life or things we just take for granted. Yeah. And, and in terms of um, like professional situation, for example, or, or stuff like that, did you make a total switch to be to work in a less stressful environment or how did you approach that to be honest i didn't make the full switch from changing my job role uh, mm. that much because at the time i was um i want to say 21 so i started the mm. age of not knowing what exactly yeah. what i wanted to do or to do with my career um so i still went to job to job to just to see what would work out essentially. Mm. But like did you change your maybe your relationship with job in terms of your involvement and your managing your stress, you know, because I feel it's interesting, like the corporate world can be very tricky in a sense that we live in a society where it's always like, you know, getting a promotion, getting more money and, and, and being the best at what we do or stuff like that. And that can be very stressful uh like on a personal level and, and it can also invade our personal space so did you have the tools and the awareness not to get trapped into this vicious circle oh i see um i'd say i definitely had more awareness than before hmm. and i just stopped taking my job so seriously <laughs> um because at the end of the day work is work and i feel like you've got two sets of people people who live to work and people who work mm. to it and mm. I want to basically just fit my work around my life um, because life is way too short we don't have infinite amount of time to make money then when we make money it's like what are we actually going to do with it um, yeah. it reminds me of something someone said I can't remember who quoted this but are you going to remember the memories and the people you meet or are you going to remember the crap that you buy yeah that's that helps put things in perspective and and like you said before like realize what's important in life and yeah it's interesting the gratitude journal helps because that that's true we take water for granted and it's always when you go to a country where you don't have tap water then you're like oh how lucky am i to be able to just get a glass of water just like that Uh, and, and, and yeah, writing it down helps to make it real and to bring it up because we don't pay attention to the little details that mm. I have internet and I have a computer and I can connect to people all over the world by just being in my bedroom and stuff like that. Like those are things that is just so normal for us now that uh, we need to appreciate it because it's a privilege that we have. Um, so now you... You created your company, Strike Moon, and you are like a, a web designer. What was the process of jumping into this crazy adventure of becoming an entrepreneur? Because that's also stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. So I just thought to myself one day, I've always had this dream of making something for the world or just being an entrepreneur, but I've never kind of acted on it. So mm. um, my contract at my previous workplace was ending. Um, I didn't want to work in marketing again because I was doing that for six years. And I thought to mm. myself, you know, why don't I just try making this company? If I fail, then, you know, I fail. But if I actually make a success out of this, then I wouldn't regret it. So... Um, I've always kind of had the name Strike Moon kind of uh, 
bookmarked from years ago. We used it for mm. this. Then um, it was like, you know, let's just do it. Let's just start this company and see where it goes. Why did you pick this name? Is there a story behind it? So back in, I want to say 2015, 2016, this is when I was starting to fully make decent websites, I'd say. Mm. Um, I needed to make a portfolio for my graphic design work. And I was scrolling through names and for some reason, this name struck me and just popped up in my head. I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Check the domain and just registered it. Right, okay. Um, if you actually go on Wayback Machine and check the history of the domain, you could see, you might be able to see my old website from years ago, mm. which um, it doesn't look too good now. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still there yeah. in the history vaults. So yeah. chose the, we chose the name Strike Moon and um, yeah, just felt, I just felt a connection to it. That's cool. And like I mentioned at the beginning, we have this, I think, especially at the moment, this idea of entrepreneurship is the best thing in the world. Uh, you can work whenever you want, make a lot of money, work from anywhere in the world. And it's all, you know, uh, unicorn and rainbows and stuff like that. And it's perfect world. And and I think a lot of people don't realize actually how hard it is, <laughs> especially when you get started with nothing. You don't have like a huge capital. You don't have a massive investment of money. You have no client. You have no paycheck. You need to do everything yourself. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the reality and your personal journey of starting the business from scratch? Um, so like you said, it's pretty much you are the business. <laughs> so any job or role or task is down to you and I think people sell you this fake lifestyle of financial freedom all the time financial mm. freedom and like time freedom mm. because it's what makes money it's what people want they want to buy into that dream lifestyle but they don't want to put in the 16 hour work weeks and um, work days I should say they don't want to put in that ridiculous grind that affects your mental health that affects your physical health so for me i kind of had a perspective of i know what i'm getting myself into i know it's going to be just hard and grind and no one's going to care about me at the start and i have to do everything even the boring tasks and mm. just learn art um but as you said um the expectations and reality of being an entrepreneur is still very skewed hmm. and I think people on social media don't help it help at all they probably make it worse um so that's what I'd say in terms of actually being an entrepreneur I think as well like you said about having to do everything even the boring jobs I think that's <laughs> something that isn't shown on social media like <laughs> You have to do your own finances and your own taxes and your own invoices and your own, like, all the, like, yeah, you can do all the creative fun stuff, but you also have to do all the boring stuff. And that's not often shown that, like, this is the reality. We're working on a Sunday evening or a whatever, like, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting how it's perceived as, like, this dream lifestyle. And actually, when you get into it, it's not all that great. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember, like, there is a famous quote, I think, and I don't know where it's coming from, but about... Uh, something along the line of I thought I was leaving my nine to five job to be able to work whenever I want. And now I just am, I just work every time something like seven, that. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's true. Like there's no weekend, there's no evening and, and you just need to get it done. <laughs> uh, whatever it takes. Right. That's how you succeed. But was it challenge? Like, so you've been an entrepreneur for how long now? Only, I only started in May this year. So very, okay. uh, mm. yeah. So it's, I mean, from a, an outsider point of view and looking at your LinkedIn profile and your, your, the posting, the following stuff, like it looks like you found a good, uh, like a good system. Like you have something good in place. Cause from 
just like looking at your posts and everything, uh, it looks like, you know, the, the business is going towards the road, the right direction, right? I would say so. There's been a lot of difficulties for sure. Um, so getting stuff paid on time or well, getting clients to pay on time. I think yeah. every business goes through that. <laughs> um, making sure that I'm organized and tasks are getting done and, um, making sure that I sign the right amount of time for stuff. Mm. Time management's always been kind of a difficulty for me um, for ever since I've been, been in school. So having to sit down and say, okay, we're going to assign two hours to just sit down and work on this task has been <laughs> very, <Yeah. laughs> it's been a bit alien for me. Um, but it's, it's going well. I'm getting a good amount of attention. Um, but in the future, I'm looking to not just build websites, but to teach people. And that's always mm -hmm. been one of my dreams. So it doesn't matter if people want a website built by me or not. I can just help them get the best solutions out there. Right. Mm. Mm. And would you say that, what do you find the most stressful? The job that you had before working for other people or this this new entrepreneurial journey? Like how, how do you balance it and in terms of stress and anxiety and stuff like that? Um, that's a really good question. I would say, I'd say both of them are kind of on an equal level of stress. For me, mm. I know other people will disagree, but uh, when you're working for somebody else, you've got deadlines to meet, you've got uh, performance targets to meet, you've got all these kind of metrics that you've got to hit, otherwise you get fired. Um, mm. Likewise, though, with a business, uh, you've got the same kind of targets to meet, but there's no one to hold you accountable apart from you. And I think that's where stress can come from, because if you're procrastinating, if you're not doing the work, you kind of, you can kind of work out that, okay, I'm not doing too well and I need to like, uh, pull my bootstraps up. So there is, um, I'd say equal of stress, but, mm. uh, because I enjoy what I, uh, enjoy doing in terms of making websites, I don't, I don't find that stressful at all. The stressful thing yeah. is the admin and making sure everything's up to date and everything else that comes with it. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel it as a good stress and bad stress in a way. And and yeah, I, I think a situation can be very stressful, but if it's something that first you choose yourself for yourself, and also it's something that you enjoy doing every day. I think you manage this good stress much better than if it's every day and seeing people that you hate every day. I'm going to the extreme, but like this is much harder to manage this kind of bad stress, obviously. So it's more like, uh, yeah, two different situations, I feel. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, with the whole good stress, bad stress, um, it reminds me of this one time when I was working for a company. I can't say the name because I don't want to get sued. Um, <laughs> but um, it was stressful, not because of the actual job, but because of the people there. So yeah. we had uh, a manager who'd sit at this desk who could basically see everyone else working mm. and she would openly berate and just insult people. She thought they weren't working hard enough. It was a terrible kind of toxic um, work place that you just didn't want to be in. Um, it's kind of a place where to only to take a break, you'd have to take a smoke break. Um, mm -hmm. I don't smoke myself, but um, yeah. And it just reminds me of that stress because you hate going there, you hate people, and you, you know you don't want to be there. In terms of good stress, which could be from exercising, for example, where you've still got that stress, but it's good for you and, mm. you know, you're making progress. Yeah. So 
when you were, uh, I mean, you're still very young, but <laughs> when you were younger, uh, I'm curious just to understand a little bit more. Like, did you have any, to link both topic, did you have any like education and interest and, um, and knowledge about how to manage your mental health and also about entrepreneur, like, or those two topics were very foreign to you. Like they are for most of the population, because mm. this is not something we are usually taught at school. Uh, but were you familiar with both of the things or not really? That's a good question. Um, no, not at all. Um, mm. when I was in school, they didn't teach you about being an entrepreneur or mental health. Mental health had more of a stake in the back of them than it does now. If yeah. you had mental health, you either classified as crazy or yeah. as an attention seeker. People didn't take you seriously. Um, with entrepreneurship as well, it was kind of the same thing where if you said, okay, I want to run my own business, people would just laugh you out of the building or just say, <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen. Just get a nine to five job. What are you doing? You know? Mm. Um, and I feel like that, definitely needs to change in our global education system where mm. people have a better understanding about entrepreneurship, mental health, but also stuff like finance, fitness, um, just other really important topics that are just neglected. Yeah. Things like taxes and savings and like there's so many things that we have to do as society well, I guess savings you don't have to do, but it's good to do. But like, you're just not taught about as a child as like, oh, by the way, you should save X percentage of your income for a rainy day. Like, we're just not. Yeah, I completely agree. There's so much we're not told about at school. <laughs> yeah. And um, when you first went on LinkedIn to speak about that and you first posted about I'm going to become I'm creating my own business or even the day that you started to, okay, I'm going to be talking about myself and I'm going to put myself out there to share my very intimate personal struggles. Wasn't it terrifying to click on a post but button? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think like most people I had this kind of voice in my head saying, okay, is anyone going to care? Are people just going to tell me to, mm -hmm. you know, shut up or say, you know, oh, this isn't LinkedIn, this is Facebook or something. Um, mm. I just had a lot of self-doubt about posting and um, it just kind of took me a moment to say, okay, you know, if no one cares and if people tell me to shut up, then fine. But if I don't post, I will never know. So I might as well mm. try. It's a very good lesson. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how we are, because ultimately you got the opposite reaction of that, right? You you got people reaching out and saying thank you and, and, and saying how helpful that was. But it's interesting how to go back to what you said before about the inner critic. Like we are so hard on ourselves and so uh, sometimes scared to do things because of our, our own conversations. Uh, and because we get caught up into those conversations with the ego or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's amazing to see the result, right? After posting that and, and getting more into it, now you have people reaching out and, and saying thank you and stuff like that. It must be pretty reconforting, especially after everything you've been through, feeling alone and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, it's... So I was surprised with how supportive people were on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I remember being on LinkedIn a few years before, and it's a completely different platform. It's a very kind of dry corporate yeah. kind of in a platform you'd expect where everyone would try to sell you something, <laughs> or if they weren't trying to sell you something, they're trying to message you about a person who could sell you something. Yeah. <laughs> now it's very kind of... Um, it's very open and you get more, you get to find out more about people, which I like. Um, so yeah. to have that support, I mean, it was very, um, I don't know the word for it, but it was, it was nice to have. Yeah. I think we tend to, and that might be a 
generational thing. But I feel like nowadays we tend to, I think as a customer, let's say I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, as a customer, I like to know who's behind the business and I care about who's behind the business. And you might have an amazing business, but if you're not a good person, you know, like maybe I would go somewhere else. Like I'd rather work with good people than with just a good business in a way. And I think this is why um, people are reaching out and connecting because we all go through, we all go through shit in life. Like we need to stop pretending that life is perfect. Mm. And, and I think by sharing your stories, you are allowing people to relate to you and to realize that they are not alone. Like you felt alone before because other people are going through mental health experience or, or whatever it is, actually, it doesn't matter. And, um, and you're giving, you're, you're creating a space for people to be okay with who they are and what they are. And I think, you know, that's human connection. And if you connect with people, there's no reason that if one day they need a website done, they will reach out to you because they remember the human being behind the company. Yeah, I think that's very true. And um, you see it more with bigger brands now where instead of being corporate, they're trying to uh, reach out yeah. in a more human level, especially on Twitter and other platforms where instead of just saying, hey, we've got this thing to, for you to buy and no, like, no one cares. But instead they're like, hey, you know, they might make a joke about themselves or be self-aware. Um, so as you said, people nowadays are way mm. more aware with who they're buying from and the person that's behind the logo or the yeah. face of the brand. So. I wonder also, like, did you have any, because I know social media can be very also extreme in a good and in a bad way. Did you have any uh, trolls, you know, some people giving you shit for opening up and being vulnerable? Um, surprisingly, not at the moment. Mm. I, I think it's going to happen soon. Um, if I had um, a bigger following on LinkedIn, that probably would happen. I have seen it before where people will comment something like, this isn't Facebook, why are you saying this? Or, yeah. you know, this is another sub story. Um, it seems to be a contrast to LinkedIn where people are posting about mental health, being get people posting about people posting about mental health and criticizing them and saying, you know, oh, we don't want this on here and stuff like that. But um, I haven't got any trolls yet giving me shit, but it, it's due to happen probably in the future. Because it, it's always complicated when you are openly and vulnerably sharing about a topic and with good intention, right? Because that's, it's coming from a good place and you're doing it to help other people and you have just a bunch of people that are probably going through their own shit just taking it out on you um it's it's, it's just never fun right so uh it can be difficult to keep going when you have those sorts of comment and i mean this is something that mm. you've been going through on youtube for example so yeah uh, even if you even if you know you have just to ignore them uh, we're all human and it still affects us because we care about what people think ultimately, mm. even if we shouldn't. But It's true. Um, I read somewhere as well, this is very interesting. The reason why uh, words hurt us so much is because it physically hurts us, which sounds a bit weird and you're thinking, what is that on about? But uh, apparently in our defense mechanism, when somebody says something bad against you, mm. um, your heart rate rises, you start to feel anxious and mm. that's kind of being hardwired from evolution as kind of defense. So, um, right. it kind of ties into why when you see trolls or people just giving you shit online, um, it does hurt in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's the f like fight and flight system and, and the body reacts in a way that it's like, yeah, it's, it's triggering whether yeah, you, you like it or not. Yeah, you have an emotional response. Yeah. 
so maybe just just to wrap it up a little bit like what is your your relationship with with neighbor like with mental health in a way that you know i'm sure like many of us it was a taboo before something happened to you for lack of a better word um are you now okay to like uh you know discuss mental health and 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 obviously raise awareness around it and do you feel much more comfortable with the whole topic or it's still quite difficult to navigate um i feel way more comfortable just talking about it um just to anyone now because i know i'm more aware that mental health affects more people than it's recorded Mm-hmm. We, I feel like every person on earth is going through some sort of mental health difficulty or they might have some issues here and there. As you said before, everyone, life throws off shit at us. And to say that somebody lives their whole life and they're not depressed one time or they haven't been sad or they haven't felt a bit different is just unrealistic. So mm-hmm. I feel like sharing my story and talking about it helps other people talk about their story as well and say, hey, you know, I've went through depression or anxiety or whatever else it is. And Mm. it just helps them feel better about themselves and know that they're not alone. And, you know, there are people who will support you through it. And and maybe like to go back to something you said before, but if, you know, someone listening is going through a difficult path at the moment and you know maybe they're thinking about you know endings of life or stuff like that like some thoughts that you you had as well before like what through your personal story like what would you say which advice would you give to people that are going through something difficult like that and they're very confused about how to navigate it that's a good question um I'd probably say two things. So all pain ends. I know it doesn't seem like it in the moment. It really hurts and you just want everything to end and it's, you're confused and tired and just fed up. And I've been there. I've done that. I have the t-shirt, but it does end. And there's always something better in the future. And the second piece of advice I would say is just find somebody who you can trust or just someone to talk to. They don't need to give any advice to you. They don't need to be a therapist or anything like that. Just anyone that you can find just to rant or just to share your experience with without any judgment, without any fear that they're going to pick on you or anything like that. And I feel like once you have those two things, it makes it, it's the first step in recovery yeah Yeah. well thank you so much jordan for sharing your experience and talking to us and kind of sharing you know what your illness is all about because i didn't know about it personally and it's interesting to hear different people's stories and experiences with different things so thank you so much for talking about it and for bringing awareness and i think it's also worth mentioning as well i think it's different when men talk about mental health compared to when women do i think it's more acceptable for women to talk about it it's almost like women are perceived as the more, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like emotional. Yeah, emotional. Yeah. It's kind of more like as a child, I feel like girls are generally brought up to be more emotional. It's okay to show your emotions, whereas boys and expressing are like, the feelings. Stop crying, get over it, be a man. Da, da, da. So I think it's really important that we get more men talking about their mental health and things that they go through. So I really want to applaud you for doing that. Thank you. Before we end the episode, we have one last question for you. It's a question we ask every guest at the end of the show. Uh, If you could have a conversation with anybody dead or alive, famous or not, who you think is like the most interesting person ever, uh, who would you like to talk to and and why? That's a very good question. Um, First thing coming to your head. The first thing, I'd say my granddad to be honest. Mm. Uh, I feel like most people might choose someone famous because they're, they're interesting. Or, but as a kid, I never really got the chance to talk to him. 
And when he passed away, it felt like um, I didn't really have this. It felt like part of me passed away when he passed away, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. And growing up, I didn't have a father figure. My dad was in and out of the house. He was uh, there when we, when we didn't want him. Um, when we didn't want him, he was never there. So, But just to talk to him and see what his life was like, his experiences, and um, yeah, <laughs> just to see what the rest of me have. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. We, we actually had this answer much more fun than I was expecting. Yeah. Like you said, I was expecting most people to say someone famous and, and we actually get the grandfather or grandmother answer surprisingly, surprisingly often, mm. uh, which, is, which is nice, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, once again for your time, but also for your courage and vulnerability and openness to talk about, about that because it's a very intimate and personal topic and opening up to two strangers that you've never met and to people listening and watching online is far from easy. It takes, I think, a lot of guts and courage. So I really want to thank you truly for that, for, for doing this with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, for anybody who has been watching or listening, we will leave Jordan's information in the show notes in the description box if you want to go and talk to him about anything or also hire him. Yeah, <laughs> do some work for you. So we'll leave all of your information, Jordan, in the info box and show notes and everything else. Yeah. But thank you for everybody for listening and for watching. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you so much, Jordan, for being here and sharing your story. We really, really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.